podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Little down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and folks, this is now, I believe, the third straight year that when Blitz Month previews come around, there is one man who gets us started. I think he is now the official start to football season, not only at Bosco's Boys, but the start to game day every single Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas, on those beautiful loudspeakers inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium. He is going daily hosting the number one K-State sports talk show in the world. Not only is it the best one in the world, but it sounds like they are surpassing millions upon millions of downloads on their podcast feed as well. He is, quite frankly, the best sounding man I've ever heard on a mic. The hardest working guy in radio, the man, the myth, the legend, Mitch the Fort Fortner. Mitch, welcome back. I, I sent you a DM. I said, hey, Blitz Month is here. Are you ready to reprise your role as being the guy to kick us off with our preview series? And you answered yes. Thank you for coming back on Bosco's Boys. Mr. Wildcat, it's my pleasure to be back once again. I, I love doing this with you. And I, I got to say, you, you mentioned the ratings there. You know, compared to everybody else, it does help uh, that we do a show Monday through Friday, you know, five times a week, two hours a day. And, and we split up the podcast, so that's an easy way to add up the numbers. Uh, but, yeah, the, the 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 followers and the and the listeners, the, the numbers have been amazing. And I, and I greatly appreciate everybody that listens. And I'm thankful that you listen, Mr. Wildcat. And I uh, thought we've had a good last couple of weeks with all this conference realignment and who's going to be next and man this this week is ramping up again with the, another edition most likely to get to 14 this week so it's insane stuff and it's the best time to or the be, some of the best content you can have when it comes to talk radio because everybody's interested in who's gonna be the next in the big 12 and is the pac 12 dead most likely here pretty soon and i think it could be you don't have first you don't have to apologize for uh pimping out downloads uh we had like five or six straight months last year where we broke uh, download records and it just so happened to coincide with us going daily as well. So, Hey, stats are stats. You don't have to apologize for that. Uh, I don't have this on the sheet, but, uh, and I just saw the, uh, I haven't listened to it yet. I I downloaded uh, hour one uh, and I was getting ready to listen to it before uh, some stuff popped up with work. Uh, who is next is one of the topics. So I want everyone to make sure they go and download both hours of the game from Monday. So folks can listen to it by the, by the, honestly, by the time people are listening to our episode, we might have number 14 because this is going out on Wednesday, August 2nd. But uh, right now, as we're sitting here, 649 on the 31st of July, who is your prediction for number 14? I mean, it's gotta be Arizona at this point, And they have scheduled a, a board of regions meeting for August 1st. And I think it's three 30 central time. And I mean, that's kind of how it all started with, uh, with Colorado last week. And 
and it, they'd been the one rumors for a while, rumored for a while. And we know your mark wants the four corner schools, Utah's being a bunch of turds and in Arizona state, you know, they, it seems like more and more that the talk is, you know, it's Arizona, not Arizona state. They're going to get left behind and they're going to have to fend for themselves trying to stick with maybe um, the pac 12, but Arizona's my, my top bet right now, just the way the timeline's playing out. It will be interesting. I think we're going to get some sort of clarity before the end of the week. Uh, and I'm sure hoping it's Arizona because this is going to be disappointed if, if it ends up being UConn, but we're not going to worry about that. We're going to send our good vibes down to Tucson, Arizona, which will uh, create some uh, scheduling, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say hiccups, but possible, uh, you know, challenges because Arizona is on the schedule for 24 and 25. And then I believe it is 27 and 28 for Colorado. Something I'll be asking Gene Taylor the next time I get to talk to him. Um, but man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have you on. Um, before we get into it, I want something else I'm pumped about. Manhattan Brewing Company. I just before this downed 16 ounces of pure golden deliciousness that is the townie wheat. I said it last year and I'm running it back this year. Townie wheat from Manhattan Brewing Company is the tailgate beer of the season. Mitch, you get to live right there. I'm sure you've been into the brewery probably close to a thousand times at this point. One of the great spots in Manhattan. I'm jealous of you. I will be doing some shows live from the brewery later this month in August. I'm not going to tell you guys exactly when, because I haven't scheduled it yet, but I will be in there. I'll let you guys know, come by and we're going to have fun at Manhattan Brewing Company at least two or three times before the end of this summer. Mitch, I know you're a company man. You're, you you do all the stuff for K-State. I sure wish Gene would boot, uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch, AB InBev to the sideline so I could have a nice cold Manhattan Brewing Company beer in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I know you don't partake, especially during the game, but how much nicer would that be? Let, let me tell you something. I am a huge fan of Manhattan Brewing Company. I'm such a fan. They share the same uh, initials as Manhattan Broadcast ca- Broadcasting Company, where I work. I'm a Townie fan. I like the easy breezy. I like. Uh, they also have the best beer names as well. Um, and the, you know they change them out once in a while as well. They even had the the Tang Party right, and I oh, didn't yeah. get the chance Tang to party. try it. Didn't get the chance to try it yet, but I hopefully they'll bring it back soon. And I'll get to try. Huge though. They, Huge fan. They have the trivia on Wednesdays now or every other Wednesdays and Trivial Brains is doing that. Trivial Zombies, rather. I'm butchering uh, the names here, but um, I'm a big fan. I make frequent stops in the Manhattan Brewing Company. So if they had it at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, it would be incredible. And as a matter of fact, it kind of uh, late to the party because everybody else is jumping on the Manhattan Brewing Company train. Um, Maybe at least on tap in, in the Shamrock Zone, you may be able to find it someday. Yeah, no, ho- hopefully, uh, and I know you really, you were one of the integral parts to the beginning of K-State soccer. The K-State soccer coaches were in there and just brewed Golazo, and that's going to be on tap down there very soon, a collaboration with the K-State soccer uh, coaching staff. Uh, so I love Manhattan Brewing Company. I, I, I've been saying it, every great summer night begins with a Manhattan Brewing Company beer, and every great tailgate begins with a townie wheat. Um, but let's get into it right now. You talk about it. We, 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 we touched on it. You're talking about K-State sports every single day on the game. So what is it for you? What is the moment 
uh, you know, each summer that the football bug bites you and you think to yourself, okay, now it's really getting close. I actually talked about it on my show earlier today. Um, I think this is like kind of the time and people are kind of surprised about that. That's like the turn of the calendar from July to August. I know August week zero, uh, that's when it really starts and we're what, three or four weeks away from that. And, um, and I talk about it with the people I just actually went on a little trip with down to uh, council Grove for a little getaway. And, uh, we got to really talking about college football and conference realignment and, you know, for a while there, I like to enjoy my summer. I just like to let football take its time to get here because um, once football ramps up, so does my whole life. And I don't have a social life anymore. It's all work from that point on. So I like to let it take its time to get here. But then I was like, man, we're talking all this football and we're just weeks away and everybody's high on the cats and not just football, but basketball and women's basketball and, and baseball and September 2nd now at this point can't get here soon enough. So I think actually today was that moment. Like right as we turn to August is that moment where I'm like, if football can just get here, I think my life is complete. Like I, I have my sports. I have college football is the best sport in the world. So it's almost here and I'm counting the days as we record 33 days away. Yeah. And, and when it, when it goes live, it'll only be a month and one day away. Uh, I, I know it's not the same, but the NFL Hall of Fame game is on Thursday. Uh, and, and so this the, the final week of rest of this year, the final week until February, that there is no football game uh, has come and gone. Now, this week and the first few weeks of NFL preseason football, yeah, that's, that's tough. That's tough. But we are almost there. And boy, is it good. Um, Let's move on to the first uh, real good question. I'm I'm pumped to ask you about this. You you very famously claimed Deuce Vaughn as, I I have in here as your guy, but you said your boy. I I remember the show when you anointed Deuce Vaughn, hashtag your boy uh, for K-State before he even played it down. I think it was you and Brian Smoller, the only two folks who were on that train even before uh, you know, Gus Johnson tried to get him called the jitterbug versus Arkansas State. Um, you know, I have two questions for you. He's going to play for your Dallas Cowboys. So the first one is, how do you project Deuce Vaughn's NFL career? How is that going to go? And now that he's gone, are you going to try to repeat the feat and claim an under-the-radar freshman to ride with for his whole career? So to answer your first question, um. Deuce Vaughn is going to have a very Darren Sproles route to the NFL. I mean, not with the Dallas Cowboys, of course, was Darren Sproles. He was drafted by the San Diego Chargers and then Saints and then Eagles. But, and as you can imagine, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I saw the draft take place at Toyton Family Stadium in the press box. I jumped out of my seat and we had a game starting in five minutes. I'm doing all these reads and I took the time to jump out of my seat to celebrate the draft pick. And as a Cowboys fan, I just went ahead and just got out of the way that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, now that Dar- now that Deuce Vaughn is a part of the team. And, um, but uh, it, it's got to be the Darren Sproles type of route where it's not so much running the football. Like he'll get his opportunities, but it's going to have to be in the passing game and he's going to have to learn to be a kick and punt returner. The all purpose yards and then the kick and punt returns. If he can make it work there, it's going to be a decent, nice career, Super Bowl winning career for for Deuce Vaughn. But it's not, he just, 
right now it's just not in the forecast to get a lot of reps in the running game. It's just at the best right now, he's probably going to be third string. Tony Pollard is the guy would never expect for Deuce Vaughn to compete for time right now with Tony Pollard uh, right now. And, uh, but I, 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 he's going to make the roster. I think there's no doubt about that. Uh, although there's a chance he's not, but I think he definitely will. I mean, the, he was making a lot of headlines a few days ago about being a toddler amongst giants. And, you know, it was like a freshman running against a varsity squad with his lack of size, but he's been impressing. I've been reading some reports that he's been impressing uh, at, at Dallas Cowboys training camp. So I know when I called him hashtag my boy, I mean, I made the comparison. He's the next juice or he's the next Darren Sproles. Well, he, he was almost there. He was second best all time in the running game for K state, but now I think he'll definitely be the next Darren Sproles of the NFL when it comes to what he has to do to get the onto the field. He's got to be good in the passing game and also returning kicks. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, and I, I'm definitely a Chiefs fan, so I, I'm not going to necessarily be cheering for the Cowboys, but it does give me something to watch because they are on national TV quite a bit, so it will uh, give something fun to watch to see uh, – you know, Dak Prescott's Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, go nine and seven again this year or nine and eight. No, nine. Yeah. Nine and eight. Yeah. Well, hey, that's it, good enough to win the NFC East and is, uh, the playoffs actually is. I was trying to be funny, but, you know, the way the NFC East goes, that, that will get you in the playoffs. Um, are you going to attempt to uh, repeat the feat as I'm as I'm dubbing it? Is there an under the radar freshman that is going to be the second ever my boy? Uh, for Mitch Fortner. So there will be a second hashtag, my boy. I gotta I, I don't want to be a one and done here. One hit wonder. I gotta try to repeat the fate. And uh, but I, you know, I didn't I didn't make the decision on Deuce Vaughn without doing a little bit of research. Um and also I think that came game week, or maybe it was the week before game week before Arkansas State that I made that announcement. It's I where it really started was, of course, I'd heard good things about him, but then I saw the two deep. I was like, well, Deuce Vaughn, true freshman, he's 5'5", five, five, a buck 60 soaking wet, and he's behind Harry Trotter. I'm like, there's got to be something about him. And we're going to see him play right away. We're going to see him in the rotation. So I, I, I kind of thought it was an easy pick, really. But right now, I mean, we haven't had any fall press conferences yet, haven't had any open practices yet. So I'm not ready to make that announcement yet. I'll definitely do my research, but there will definitely be a 2023 hashtag my boy this season for sure. Well, that's just another reason why folks need to listen daily to the game to see who's going to get that second designation. Um, so Casey was the second highest vote getter in the preseason media poll. I know you participate. I know you didn't go down to media day this year, but you took in all sorts of the content um, outside of even the regional media. I listen to all sorts of national college football podcasts, and I usually do that to put a chip on my shoulder. But here we are, some of them picking K-State to repeat, a lot of them picking K-State to go to Arlington, almost everyone choosing the over seven and a half wins when you're talking Vegas overs and unders. Um are are you saying like in your heart of hearts, is this team worthy of the hype they're getting? Yeah, 100%. Uh, with the amount of experience K-State brings back, you bring back two of the most important units and positions on a, on a football team. You have the entire offensive line and you have, I mean, Will Howard coming back. Will Howard won the big, he was the quarterback on the field for the big 12 championship. Of course they don't get there without AJ Martinez. They definitely don't get there without Will Howard. Um, 
every team that made a conference championship game or the college football playoff or New Year's Six Bowl, they're replacing star players, right? This is just K-State's time to prove now that they're just not a one-and-done like we've seen before where it's been nine or ten years between Big 12 championships. This is a time for somebody to take over the Big 12. And this is now K-State's opportunity. Um, Don't allow Texas to or Oklahoma sneak away with the last conference championship with them in it. Absolutely, I think K-State has the talent to get it done. It's just it's kind of like last year. You have questions about the depth. Um, there's just a few really at this point, I would imagine there's just a few uh positions up for grabs on who's gonna be the starters, obviously, uh in the secondary. Um Treshawn Ward, DJ Giddens, who's gonna be a starter. I don't honestly I don't think that really matters. They're gonna split time and they're gonna get their opportunities to just kick ass. So you know, there's not really a fight for starters, just, you know, who's going to go out there and make plays game in and game out. One of them definitely for sure every game. There's just – I don't think there's a whole lot of drop-off in talent. I think we're just going to see the the depth develop, and you just got to keep your fingers crossed there's not a lot of injuries. But absolutely do I think K-State's going to make it back uh, to Arlington in 2023. I'm right there with you. I pick K-State to win it all. We'll get your uh, pick for record and who's going to be playing in Arlington, hopefully with K-State later on during the predictions uh, segments. But before we do, I want to give a shout out to my friends at Charlie Hustle. I've been spending more time than I care to admit trying to figure out which of their shirts I'm going to wear to that home opener, which is a stripe out versus SEMO. I'm in a white section. I think I could maybe get away with the ash gray stuff that they have on there. But, and again, if if someone wasn't, you know, they, they got a great screenshot on Twitter during one of their videos. Otherwise, I wouldn't be saying this, but they're going to have one of their NIL K-State beef shirts coming out soon. The man movers, uh, the man handlers, excuse me, of Manhattan. That's right. A K-State offensive line NILT coming out soon. Keep your eyes on Charlie Hustle. And now that the calendar has moved to August by the time you guys are hearing it, that means we have another Charlie Hustle giveaway coming this month. So keep your eyes peeled for that. CharlieHustle.com. Vintage made fresh. Mitch, uh, you know, before we move on, outside of the K-State offensive line, and there might just be QB1 Will Howard. I'm Don't tell Charlie Hustle I leaked that. Uh, who else would you like to see get an NILT from Charlie Hustle this year? Ooh, uh, they don't have one yet. Absolutely Kobe Savage. Um, I think Savage, just as a name, is something you should make a brand out of. Um, and I think he's going to be a pretty big deal on the defense this year. He was last year, but this year I think he is the leader uh, other than Daniel Green returning on that defense. Kobe Savage. My, oh, and Uso Sayamalu. I think they could come up with some pretty solid designs for Uso. Dude, I'm pumped for Uso. Uh, so th- this isn't on the predictions. I probably should have just put this in the top uh, part of it. You you always do a great job during uh, Powercat game day. Uh, doing the segment, getting to know the cats. You you, you ask some fun questions that I, me and my dad always were always driving into Manhattan, usually on like Fort Riley Boulevard. By the time that segment comes across, I always love hearing that. Who who do you want to get most on that segment this year for Powercat Game Day? If you if if you're like, all right, hey, this is one one. This is the guy I have to get. Who's it going to be? I remember from the uh, spring, Higgin Johnson was a lot of fun to talk with. He has a a pretty fun personality. So I think like 
because he reminds me a little bit of Felix Andy DK Uzama. Like Felix was of you know such a fun personality, and he would get involved with the press conferences and stuff. And Keegan isn't that outgoing quite yet. I think Keegan would be a pretty solid interview for Meet the Wildcats. You know, I haven't done DJ Giddens yet. I think DJ would be a lot of fun. And I don't think I got Cooper Beebe last year. I know I got a couple of offensive linemen, but I don't think we really saw much of Cooper. So I, I would put Cooper on that list as well. Oh, and I ran in Platner. With him returning, ran in Platner. I, I know he's better for TV because he's got the haircut, but man, does he have the personality. I would probably have to edit a lot out of his interview because I know he would just run with it and have a blast with it. Cause I'm limited to two minutes. Brandon Plattner, long snapper making his return. He's also a name. I want to announce more at Bill Snyder family stadium. I think he deserves it. I agree with you 100%. And also uh, for, for the away games after every win, I always waited for him stealing an instrument from the band and the shirtless, uh, you know, offensive line pick. So hopefully there's a lot of those coming this year. Um, but let's get into the predictions. We're going to get you to go on the record. Again, the reason why I pick you to go first is I know you can handle the pressure going early before any of the open practices, before the press conferences. I know you're a man amongst the people. You're out there. I know you can handle it, and you're not going to make any excuses. So we're going to get into it. And this this year, you know, if folks listen, you know, a lot of these will seem familiar. I, I know it'll be familiar to you, but the first one, and you'll get a chance to talk about Will Howard, because I think I think that's maybe one of the more uh, interesting storylines amongst the entire conference, maybe even the nation, uh, was Will Howard last year and how he's going to continue to evolve this year. Uh, but I think everyone would predict him to be the offensive MVP. So if you had to go with someone other than Will the Thrill Howard, who would it be? Well, believe it or not, I did not pick Will Howard to be my preseason All-Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, but I did go with somebody from K-State, and I know this was your pick as well, Cooper Beebe. I picked Cooper because the award is never going to go to an offensive lineman. It is a quarterback running back, and very rarely, like maybe once or twice, has it gone to a wide receiver. But it is always a quarterback and once in a while running back uh, award. Why not in the preseason honor the best offensive lineman in the country with Big 12 Player of the Year on the offensive side? Cooper Beebe would be my guy if I had to go with somebody else. Um, and I remember Kleiman bringing this up at media days, that they feel like they're just scratching the surface with the offense. I was like, well, okay, if they're going to really expand on the offense, I mean, Coach Klein is back. He could have gone somewhere else like Notre Dame, but he's back for another year. They can really work on this offense. What? What? Where did the wrinkles start? Ben Sinnott. Ben Sinnott, last season, especially in the second half when he scored four touchdowns, he had over 400 yards receiving. Those are big numbers for a tight end in K-State. I mean, if you look around the rest of the country, like K-State, Historically, can't really compete a whole lot with tight ends. But Ben Sinnott really jumped out last year. He can line up anywhere on the field. He can run any route. He's got solid hands, and he and Will Howard have incredible chemistry. I start with Ben Sinnott. Ben Sinnott in 2023 is going to have a K-State tight end Mount Rushmore type of season. So look out for Ben Sinnott to have a monster year. So 
He's a runner-up, but I got to go Cooper Beebe. I want to give some more love to Cooper Beebe as well. Uh, we weren't alone. I, I heard from a very trusted source that Cooper Beebe got 10 votes for Offensive Player of the Year, preseason Offensive Player of the Year. I believe I was told that was good for fourth or fifth amongst all of the preseason voting. So he he was close. Uh, and this is something I, I've talked about a little bit, uh, but he has a stated goal of wanting to get up on the Ring of Honor, which first, I love that he's straight up saying it. Second, a little shocking that there are no other offensive linemen up there. So my question for you is, what does he need to do? Is there anything he can accomplish this year that would cement it? Or do you think, hey, even if he would have gone pro after this past year, that would have been enough for Mitch Fortner to nominate Cooper Beebe for the Ring of Honor? Man, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, I think having the accolades to back it up, I mean, if he would have be offensive or the offensive lineman of the year in the Big 12, that would cement it. Oh, and of course, if he could be an All-American, that would be it. Um, the accolades to back it up another Big 12 championship would, I think, would help that. Because offensive line, like, you know, for most of us, that's a really hard thing to grade out, you know, because we're not usually watching the offensive line on offensive snaps. We're always watching the quarterback or the running back or wherever the ball is flying to. It's not easy to focus on the offensive line all the time, but accolades is obviously a big part of the ring of honor. Like everybody up there for the most part, all Americans. So, and I can't remember, did Cooper get an all American award last year? I'm yep. kind of blanking on it. Yep. He, he, I don't, he was not a consensus guy, but he had a couple first teams, a couple second teams. Then he was the big 12 offensive lineman of the year as well. So, uh, and then he's a two-time uh, first-team All-Big 12 uh, from two different positions as well. So tackled the first time in last year's guard. So I'm uh, glad you, you're able to rattle that off because the the previous accolades, I just couldn't remember for sure. But I think to have those again to back that up, but also you've probably seen in preseason stuff that people are putting out, like polls and stuff. Like, I And I agree, K-State has a top-10 offensive line this season. If K-State is considered still – one of the best offensive lines in the country at the end of the year, you obviously got to look at Cooper Beebe to obviously be the leader. I mean, he he is the top dog of that offensive line, and there's no secret about that. I mean, 2024 NFL draft, he's in some places projected to go in the first round. And, um, I mean, if that all takes place, if he's a first-rounder, if K-State's offensive line is still considered one of the best in the country at the end of the year, you start with Cooper Beebe, and there's no argument about that. I love it. And I also agree with you. I think Ben Sound's going to have a big year and could have a year that might make him considered the best K-State tight end of all time. Um, let's move to the defensive MVP. I think there are some obvious candidates, but I'm not going to put anyone in a pigeonhole here. I'm going to let anyone uh, go wherever they want for defensive MVP. Uh, who, who is it going to be for you? Who's going to be the main man on the defensive side of the ball? So I was gravitating towards Austin Moore, but he, with his experience, I mean, and with Daniel Greenback, it's it's hard to really give one of them that nod because of just a lack of starters returning at this p- position group. I'm going to go defensive back. And Kobe Savage was just a ball hawk there for a while. He had three interceptions, but he's also the second leading retac- uh, leading tackler returning on the team this season. So 
you know, and Kobe Savage, I mean, and we saw really early on, it kind of reminded me of Reggie Stubblefield a couple of years ago as he made an impression right away just by the way he would fly to the flats and make a play on a running play and just go hit somebody. He's not afraid to hit somebody. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but you can tell, like, you don't want to be hit by that guy. Kobe Savage is a savage. And, I mean, the coaches talked about it when he got injured late in the year uh, last season that now they're missing, like, one of their best leaders, one of their best vocal leaders. So, like, maybe, like, he won't have the best stats on the defense this year. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, if you pulled the team and you asked them, all right, who is the defensive MVP? When it comes to numbers, leadership, execution, I mean, Kobe Savage is going to probably be the one one of the guys that topped the list. I think that is going to be a popular name, uh, and he he probably he, he's going to be at a minimum the most entertaining player on defense. He just kind of feels like that old school uh, safety from like you're, you're watching like highlights from like 1990s NFL uh, when you could still just take someone's head off. I, th- I think that's the type of player Kobe Savage is. Um, let's move into some of the newcomers, some of the young guys. Who do you think is going to be the breakout player over on offense? That's a little tougher uh, since, you know, th- there's not a lot of new spots opening up uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, but who who is it going to be? Who Either a newcomer or a young guy uh, who's going to really break through on the offense? The offensive side to me is an easy one, and I'm not going to go with a freshman. I'm going to go with a – Another Iowa guy that's just waiting to break out as a K-State Wildcat. Keegan Johnson, I think, going to be a needed addition to the wide receivers. And it's an area where there's obviously, heading into the season, there is a question mark when it comes to depth. And maybe like still even a question mark in who's going to be the third guy at wide receiver. We know it's Phillip Brooks. We know Keegan Johnson's going to be the starter. Third spot is up for grabs. But you know Keegan showed flashes when he did play at Iowa of being pretty electric and, and making plays. If Keegan gets that opportunity on a consistent, uh, a consistent basis to show off and be a great wide receiver, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting Keegan to have pretty solid numbers this year. And I think, you know, Will Howard has the opportunity to throw when it comes to you know, touchdowns. I mean, watch out for him to break some records, but he's probably not going to break records if Keegan Johnson isn't what we expect him to be. So, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see Keegan Johnson. If Keegan Johnson isn't the guy we expect, I'm a little bit worried about the wide receiver position, but I I don't worry about Keegan Johnson. He's going to have a big year. I think that will be a, uh, another popular one. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, what? Four, probably four new starters, guys who weren't starting last year uh, in the secondary. I'd imagine that's where you're going to go. Um, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. So who's going to be your breakout player on defense? So I'm not going to actually go secondary. There's just, I think there's too many guys to pick from. Um, so I'm actually with newcomers and also guys returning that have limited uh, starts a year ago. I'm going to go with a guy that we brought up earlier about Charlie Hustle needs to make a t-shirt for him. Uh, and if you ask Chris Kleiman, he is the most excited to talk about a player it's Uso Sayamalu. Uso really gets Chris Kleiman excited to talk about the defense. And just this guy that has, he, he's ginormous. And even though he's like down 25 pounds, that's hard to imagine. He's such a big dude, dog mentality. And we, we got pieces of his play last year 
But now it, it sounds like just from the talks of Big 12 Media Day and back in the spring that you know he's going to maybe probably get this starting knob, nod. So Uso is going to be put into a position where he's got some big shoe to, shoes to fill. I mean, the return of Eli Huggins a year ago was ginormous. I wasn't more excited for anybody than Eli Huggins to make a return and play one more year. And man, was he rewarded with a Big 12 championship. But now Uso has to fill those shoes. I don't think he's going to disappoint anybody. Hayseed's quietly really had some solid, you know, defensive tackles, nose guards in the Chris Kleiman era, even going back to what he inherited from Bill Snyder and then guy like Timmy Horn who went on to make an NFL roster. And Eli Huggins, if he wouldn't have had that unfortunate uh, injury at at, uh, the pro days, I think he'd be in a camp right now. So, I'm excited. I think if Uso has that type of season, I think he could become the fan favorite on defense because he has that charisma. He's this big guy with that hair flowing out of his helmet. Uh, I, I I think that could be a a fan favorite by the end of the year, if that is true. Uh, the, the next one, purely young guys. If you had to pick one, what first-year student, what true freshman has the chance to make the biggest impact on this season? All right, so I don't want this to be in any way me saying that this is going to be my next hashtag, my boy, because it's not. Uh, because I'm I'm going this with this based off of you know just some reports we heard about during the summer, and also you know back in the spring. Um, and, and he got here a little bit late, but uh, making some strides in the summer. Um, you know, going back to a position that has questions about depth. Give me Trey Spivey, a wide receiver. Um. I think there's no doubt this is going to be an opportunity for him to actually get some early playing time, but it it also helps that he's like, his body is just already ready to go to play college football. Six, four, big kid, big reach, big hands, and also solid hands. He's, you know, three-star kid out of high school, but you know, the coaches have had some nice things to say about him. And in the off season as well in the, in the spring um, that he is catching on really quickly. And that is great news. And if he could help out with the depth, that's fantastic. We expect him to play. I don't know how much, but I I would bet we're going to hear good things about him in the coming weeks because we're going to start press conferences here in a little bit. And the question is going to come up like, coach, freshman, who are we looking at? Who's going to get some early playing time? I would bet a lot that Trey Spivey's name is going to come up. Yeah, and, and he's a guy who, if folks really cover recruiting, that was a long recruiting battle who the staff really wanted, and they had to truly win that recruiting battle. So I'm pumped, whether it's this year or the following year. I, I agree, Trace Spivey is going to be a guy. Um, all the boneheads are going to get tired of me saying this because this is my favorite question every single year for the Blitz Month preview episodes. Uh, but what is the pendulum game of the year? The one game that if it's going to swing the season one way or another, we win this season. All right. Setting us on the path to Arlington, but if we lose it, uh, you know, heads are going to be hanging pretty low. Thinking a popular answer for you with your other guests are going to be, is going to be Texas. I couldn't go Texas. That is just on a, when it comes to the matchup, man, that's going to be really tough for K-State to win. I mean, if they get it done, amazing. But I think we can also look at other games. Uh, it's definitely not going to be Missouri. Coach Drinkwitz can take a hike. I think he's an absolute dork. He is – I'm going to edit myself here because I could really go off and a lie of Drinkwitz. 
about what I think about his coaching, what I think about his recruiting, and also, um, you know, so a, a grown man that mocks high school seniors on social media because he won a recruiting battle kind of made me sick. And I'm glad K-State just absolutely kicked the crap out of him last season. It's absolutely not going to be Missouri. I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about Troy than I am Missouri. I want to look at the sixth game on the schedule for K-State. I'm really high on Texas Tech. The road trip to Lubbock is going to be one of the hardest ones K-State's had in a little while, I think, when it comes to a matchup. And it's not about K-State having a bad game in Lubbock. It's just about Texas Tech being good this year. They exceeded expectations last year, winning eight games. Even talking to people from Texas Tech, uh, some of their media, I even asked them in the middle of the season, like, okay, like, hey, Tech is doing pretty well. Like, they're not doing too bad right now. Are you thinking more than six wins? No. No. They're going to blow it. It's not going to work out. First year under Joey McGuire, he's going to need some time to get this team where it needs to be. Eight wins in his first year was way better than everybody in Lubbock was expecting. Texas Tech returns a lot of experience depth, and that's what really worries about worries me about Texas Tech. I mean, they don't really have any superstars really anymore. Not a lot of guys you could just name off the top of your head that Texas Tech has on its roster besides Tyler Shuck. And he's a talented quarterback. Can he just stay healthy? I think that's question number one. But question number two is, can teams overcome the depth that Texas Tech should have? That's a pretty solid question in my mind. Joey McGuire, I mean, has confidence brewing in Lubbock. Uh, and it's a confidence we haven't seen in a little while. I mean, Joey McGuire's legit. If they were 8-5 and five last year with an underrated offense and a defense that I don't think people, especially that pass rush, didn't take seriously when they should have early on. Like, I remember doing the Power Cat game day for K-State. Wasn't expecting a solid passing rush, and they got multiple sacks on the day. So, give me Texas Tech. That game in Lubbock on uh, uh, October 14th, I think, is is the Texas Tech game. Right in the middle of the schedule. That's going to be uh, – that's not an easy one to win this season. And and not only that, but at least down in Lubbock, K-State has won 11 out of the last 12, all of the last seven, and six out of the last seven in Lubbock. Uh, You got to think that this is a game that them and their fans are going to have circled, especially as they're trying to get to Arlington for the first time. So I think that's a good answer, and uh, that's going to be a massive one. That is going to be a massive one down in Lubbock. Uh, Let's get to it. This is the big one. What is K-State's record going to be this year? Um, Usually I say, hey, this has to be stone cold lock, put it in cement, all this type of stuff. But since you're doing it on July 31st, I will not send the boneheads after you to crack your knees if you do end up changing this a little closer to the season. But I do want you to say it with your heart and mean it. What is K-State's record going to be? Well, go on with my heart. It's 10 and 2. Uh, if I think they're going to Arlington, I got I got to go ten and two. I do worry about the game in Austin, but also like when it comes to a second loss, I just mentioned Tech. If they were to lose there, I mean, I, it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world, in my opinion. I do worry about because I think K State should go undefeated at home, even though a lot of people nationally think that K State has like a top ten toughest schedule in the country. I mean, I don't know if I would go top ten, but it, it's pretty tough. When it comes to the home schedule, it's very winnable. I mean, UCF is a little bit of a worry week one for the Big 12 slate. John Rice Plumney, I think, is a really underrated quarterback. Um, but 10-2, and two, I think, is 
I wouldn't call it a ceiling. I just think it's very doable this year. It's it's the road games that do worry me, but also the the home loss that you just don't see coming. That that is a true concern to me because I, I remember twenty nineteen. I remember you know K State had won a couple of games. I think or I, I don't remember the exact situation, but I remember West Virginia came to town and West Virginia wasn't doing very well and was expecting K-State to win that game by a couple of scores. I knew they were the favorite going in. And then Skylar Thompson's throwing interceptions, and the offense, after a huge pass play to Dalton Schultz, uh, or Dalton Schoen, rather, um, went for a big touchdown early on. After that, it just was not the same K-State team we were expecting, and it was a very disappointing loss. That's just that's my big concern, just having that one home disappointing loss. But 10-2, and two, I think that's absolutely reasonable for a team like this. Yes, and you you mentioned it. K State going back to Arlington is part of your prediction. Who are they playing in that Big Twelve championship game? You might have to edit this out, um, but I think it's Texas. Beep. No, I, I that's Ugh. that's how I have it predicted. Uh, I, I don't think anyone wants. Texas playing in Arlington. Uh, I mean, if they don't get it in their own way, they're going to be pretty good. I mean, I hate saying it as well, but they have the chance to be pretty damn good. I mean, and of course, I, I'm not expecting them to go to Alabama and win a game. I don't remember exactly who the, you know, their Big 12 schedule is. If they can get Bass KU, uh, that'll, they, they might be all right. Uh, they survived the Red River rivalry, which finally they returned to the rightful name of that rivalry, um, they, they'll be all right. I know no more B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson, he's gone. I mean, if you look at K-State and Texas, they're virtually actually the same story of who returns and who they're replacing. Almost replacing the same stars at the same positions, and they return the same stars at the same positions. It's actually quite why They return all five of their starting offensive linemen. Um, and they're also considered a top 10 offensive line unit in the country. Um, and I think just Texas has the depth, has the playmakers, has everything you would want for Steve Sarkeesian to make a run for Arlington. I hate to say it, but I really hope it's somebody else. If I had it my way, it'd be K-State and Texas Tech. Well, I think Brett Yormark agrees. He, he would prefer K-State and Texas Tech. Uh, is K-State wearing purple or white in Arlington? And if you want to throw out a, a prediction, who wins the game? Let's go. I'm going to say so K State will wear white. They're going to get revenge um, like they did with TCU. They're going to get the revenge. Cats get it done. Back to back Big 12 championships. Back to back, which is going to lead on, of course, to three, four, five, six, seven until Kleiman decides to not win anymore. There we go. I absolutely love it. Then the final question, and, and th- this has always kind of been a little off the wall to end things. Uh, but first year with the four new schools. And you know what? Uh, since we know Colorado's coming next year, we'll throw them in there as well. So of the confirmed as of recording, five future new Big 12 schools, who is going to be the first one of those five to make it to Arlington? Oh, man, that's an absolute just crapshoot there. Please don't let it be BYU. Please don't let it be BYU. I can't tell you how much I dislike Brigham Young University. If it's them and they become a year after year overrated 
preseason hype team. It's going to make me sick. So let's hope for the stability of K-State on top. So I'm not going to pick BYU. I'm not going to pick Houston. I think Houston has the toughest adjustment to the Big 12. Dana Holgerson is the head coach, and that's a guy that knows how to lose a game, especially close ones. Um, I think the his recruiting will be a little bit behind as well. Um, boy, Cincinnati, UCF, Colorado. Give me Cincinnati. Give me Cincinnati. Just something about Bearcats, the red and black. There you go. Cincinnati, there you go. Cincinnati is going to lose to K-State and Arlington before any of the others do. Uh, that's all we have. Another Blitz Month appearance for Mitch the Fort Fortner in the books. Uh, I'm probably going to be reaching out to you to do the first K-State primer as well. Again, you, there's something about that voice that just lets the boneheads know Hey, it is real. It is time. It's time to get going. Uh, but before uh, we, we call it a day, uh, anything you'd like to tell all the boneheads and any other K-State fans who might be listening? Yeah, I just want you to know I love you. And Cat's um, going to get it done this season, not only in football, basketball. Go check out that new volleyball arena, soccer, looking for its second straight run to the Big 12 tournament. And by the way, K-State women's basketball, Go get your season tickets because they're going to have, first of all, just preseason wise is the most anticipated season in two decades. And you're talking about an all American led team with Gabby Gregory in the, in the uh, starting five, the Glenn twins, Serena Sundell. This is going to be a very big year. And by the way, they might run into Caitlin Clark in Iowa twice in the preseason, but the is going to be cleared by the end of, of August and this team's going to be raring to go. It's not just the men. The women are here. They have arrived. And, it, and a roster has been built for not just winning, for depth, and for st- sustaining winning past this season, past whenever Aoka Lee is done. Um, the recruiting has been very good for Jeff Mitty the last few years. So with that being said, I cannot wait till September 2nd. I can't wait to see an ass every 18 inches at Bill Snyder Family Stadium for seven more sellouts and September 2nd against Southeast Missouri. They don't like Southeast Missouri State, even though that's their official name. Southeast Missouri to get an ass whooping September 2nd in front of a striped out Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Cannot wait, guys. That's amazing. Uh, I got nothing else, folks. Again, we're coming to you five days a week. Trying to take my uh, the lead from uh, uh, Mitch Fortner. Just trying to go daily just like him because he's my idol. We'll be back again tomorrow, friends. Uh, if you guys are listening to us on release day, we will have a Zoom link. Go to the Bosco's Boys Twitter account. We'll be going live tonight. We're going to be asking all sorts of all-time favorites, favorite plays, favorite games, favorite players. We're going to have some fun unless some realignment news completely hijacks it just like last time. So for Mitch Fortner, the best in the biz, for my dog Chauncey, we love you guys and go Cats. It's time to get set for the Cat Attack. You can feel the excitement. You can feel it coming on. For Kansas State, the feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be. With Kansas State, come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State.
Social Podcast Network.